I'm Lauren. And I'm Sasha. And this is Popcorn Fort, a podcast where we describe movies badly to each other. Yay! Yay! We've tried something different this week. We've put up uh, Christmas lights in the fort. Which I think is it makes for a great ambiance. Great ambiance, and also now we're not cooking as much. This is true. It's it's We have light, but no heat. Light, but no heat. Which is ideal. Hmm. Because we already generate too much heat we're to be in this too hot blanket too shrouded sexy. Tube. In this sauna fort of five quilts. Absolutely. Did I tell you that um, I realized at work Mm. um, that because half of my job is stirring huge vats. You were rowing all day? I was just rolling. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) You were rolling all day. (laughs) I was rolling all day. And yeah, so I was like, gotta keep alternating sides. Don't want to be uneven when it comes to my guns. And now you have no rowing. Hmm. All you do is type. All I do is type. Type, 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 and make pin boards. All right. Maybe we should, like, start doing a podcast. Maybe we should start doing our podcast. All right. This week, I'm going to tell you about Little Shop of Horrors, the musical movie version from 1986. Most excellent. I good love, I good love a good (laughs) 80s good love movie. Yes, good. Yummy. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Thanks, fucking Yoda, but weird. <laughs> Something's wrong with me today, Lauren. I can't construct <laughs> sentences. What did you put in that cider? I don't know. <laughs> I had sourdough bread. Maybe the combination has... Ah, oh, the yeast is happening the inside The yeast you. has taken over my brain. <laughs> Does this have any yeast in it? I don't think so. Cider is brewed, Yeah, right? but it's like apples and... Oh, it's like fermented fruit rather than yeasty beer. Yeah. 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 Otherwise, yeah. you couldn't have it because you're gluten free. I mean, actually, I, I think anyway. it has yeast in it, Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> now, you fiend. Mm. All right. What do you already know about Little Shop of Horrors? Right. Because it is a cultural staple. Right. So there is a man. He has a plant. Mm-hmm. The plant's name is something like Stephen. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> it looks kind of like a Venus flytrap, but round. Mm-hmm. So it's like a Brussels sprout with a mouth. It is a bit. Yeah, and um, he lives, he has a flower shop, mm-hmm. and Stephen is in his flower shop, and Stephen is mind-controlling him and giving him orders to fetch him sacrifices uh-huh. from the abyss. Are you giving me any contact tags, <laughs> or do I just have to figure out? No, this? I'm giving you some tags. I just wanted to know in advance Okay, like what you knew. You okay. don't have to tell me the whole plot, but... Cool. Um, there's a plant. He is carnivorous and big, and perhaps also Cthulhu. Maybe. And he can mind control people into doing dance numbers and then sacrificing themselves to him. <laughs> Excellent. All right. So uh, it's an American movie, obviously, and the tags I'm giving you for the actual plot of the movie, you're pretty close. Oh, sweet. Um, yeah, you're like, you've got the general idea. Mm. Um, yeah, so the tags are actual social issues, what? Schrodinger's apocalypse, and Greek chorus. Ah. <laughs> okay. So, um, actual social issues. Mm -hmm. Schrodinger's apocalypse. So, okay, this is what happens. Everything will take place in the shop. Uh We will have people who enter and exit the scene, Uh but we will never see outside the scene. Oh. Because, is this a record, can you tell me, is this a recording of a staged version or is this? No, it's a movie version of a stage musical. Okay, it's a movie version of a stage musical. Right, yes. It's going to take place always in this one store. Uh-huh. Um, the upstairs is, like, where the people live. Mm-hmm. The shop front's the main floor, and then downstairs is 
the basement. Oh. The evil basement. The evil basement. Uh, so what happens is that the apocalypse maybe happened. We're not clear. Uh-huh. Could it be an environmental apocalypse? Could it be alien invasion? Could it be a social uprising and overthrowing of the um, ol- oligarchy uh, mm-hmm. that runs the world? We just don't know. But something's happened and status quo has shifted. But people still need to buy flowers. This is like an essential resource needed. Of course. Because... There are many funerals and weddings still happening, and the industry requires flowers. It's one of those things where it's post-apocalyptic, but, like, life weirdly goes on. Yeah, post-apocalyptic, life is weirdly going on. Mm. Um, oh, fuck. Okay, this is what's happened. Uh-huh. There has been, like, maybe nuclear fallout mm-hmm. or alien invasion. Mm-hmm. What's happened is that everything's mutated. Ah. So some crops are still edible. Uh-huh. Some have weird mutations that will either A, give you, like, superpowers, or B, really fuck you up and turn you into, like, plant zombies. Nice. And what we have here is that there are certain people who have this power to actually be good gardeners and, like, grow edible plants and superpower plants. Mm-hmm. And so what we have is um, our main man, his name is Travis. Uh-huh. So Travis runs a uh, flower store, mm-hmm. a flower shop, if you will. Um <laughs> And he is real good at gardening. And he had been, like, growing his own mushrooms and stuff in the basement. And he had his own balconies full of flowers. And so the apocalypse happens and all the crops are fucked. Uh-huh. But for some reason, a lot of his stuff's still good. Yep. Occasionally he'll get mutated things, but all the mutated stuff is not that bad. Oh, suspicious. Suspicious. Um, and we're kind of like, oh, this is so weird. So he's always having customers come in and out buying his food because... Mm. um. Yeah, there's no, like, industrialization anymore. We've kind of gone almost to, like, everyone's self-sufficient slash um, lots oh, yeah. of trade we're, and barter. We're in a post-capitalistic world. Post-capitalistic world. Yep. He has his own, um, yep, still has his business front, but he trades, like, for baked goods and cloves and things that are, you know. Or he'll, like, trade a farmer for his chicken shit and eggs. And then so far, this is a really nice post-apocalypse. It is a nice post-apocalypse. <laughs> so what goes horribly wrong? Okay, so what basically is happening is um the mushrooms. Ah, the mushrooms. So what you have to realize with mushrooms is that they're not like a single body, like they're not individual organisms. They're one big thing mm, mm. that spreads out their root systems. And it's been like actually mind controlling him this whole time. Ah. And what it's been doing is that it wants to propagate and spread uh-huh. and eventually consume the whole world. Where does the Venus flytrap come in? The Venus flytrap is the mushrooms. Okay. No, wait. No, no. Okay, so the mushrooms <laughs> want to propagate. And the way they do it, they're like um the mind control zombie ones. Uh-huh. And so what they do is that they've been controlling um Travis. Mm-hmm. And so when he exports goods... The spores are in everything he gives out. Oh. So they're like slowly infiltrating all of society and taking over people. But I th- think I read this book and it's called The Girl with All the Gifts. It's like mushroom spore zombies. It's well, really good. Okay. <laughs> I'll have to check that out because I do love a good mushroom. Yes. Um, well, you see, as a vegetarian. <laughs> I'd love to be mind controlled by, by a mushroom. mushroom. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. So... The mushroom has this whole, like, thing. And because he's been putting in the plants, the plants are actually getting further mutations and mm-hmm. fucking up. And um, he has his own private Venus flytrap. Mm-hmm. His own, you know, personal. Because no one's going to buy it. But he likes it as decorative. It helps sort of deal with the flies and shit. Of course. And the spores get into the um, Venus flytrap. Yeah. But because Venus flytraps are kind of more, like, aggressive than most plant species. Mm. In that they om nom. They om nom. They yes. om nom. 
Mushrooms uh, don't – well, mushrooms wait until you're dead before they om-nom, usually. Exactly. So the mushrooms are more like they wait for when your defenses are down and they'll attack you. Mm-hmm. The mushrooms kind of, like, make their way into the Venus flytrap, but instead of, like, taking over it and infecting it, mm-hmm. the Venus flytrap gains sentience and starts mutating and becoming uh-huh. stronger. Excellent. Which – Is the flytrap friend or foe? I think the um, flytrap is kind of like he desires to run the entirety of the world – He's like evil overlord, mm. but he is limited in his abilities. But now he's tapped into the mushroom network. Oh, no. Uh-huh. He can now mind control everyone. And he sets about building his own utopia. Excellent. And But um, a la Venom, mm-hmm. you know, the Sony movie Venom. Of course. He's kind of like, this is my human helper slave, Travis. Mm. Um, and kind of like, you know, when you have a pet dog or a yeah. cat and you're like, they've been really lonely. They need a buddy. Mm-hmm. So he's going to try and matchmake him. <laughs> Excellent. Because he's kind of like, I want my butler servant who has been helping me grow and become stronger and who I'm low-key, like, mind-controlling. Totally. I do want him to feel better because I feed off his emotions. And also, because I'm longer-lived than humans, I need an ongoing supply. Yes! I need an ongoing (laughs) supply of humans because I'm going to control the society in order to make, like, plant kingdom. Mm -mm. But in order to do that, I still need some humans to, like, tend and care for us. Exactly. Like, I'll get rid of majority of them. But I still need a You've few. Got this one little community of of mm. yeah, and like there's zombies outside and stuff, and maybe politicians. <laughs> Same thing, surely. Same thing, zombies and politicians. Yeah, I read a fun post today, which I showed you, which is like people who don't self isolate are people who would hide that they've been uh, bitten by a zombie. Yep. So watch out for those. Watch out for those. They're probably the undead. They're probably the undead. <laughs> what would happen if a vampire was bitten by a zombie? Mm, vampires are already dead. It's true. Usually. So mm. I don't think it would affect them. Also, I feel in my heart that vampires are stronger than zombies. So what if a uh, vampire bit a zombie? I think then you. I think then the zombie would heal. Mm. Oh, no, hang on. It depends on your vampire, like how vam- vampires in your mythology turn humans into vampires. Because mm. Buffy rules the vamp, you, like the human has to drink some of the vampire's blood and then the vampire kills the human and right. then the human like rises again as a vampire. Mm. But zombies are already dead. Because some of them I know it's like you drain the person of their blood and then you make them drink vampire blood. Yeah, yeah, it's similar to that. Yeah. So you kind of have to kill someone to make them a vampire. So if they're already dead. I think vampires and zombies are like mutually incompatible. Mm. You can't be both. You can't be both. But they And they can't affect each other. Because I almost wonder if like a vampire, like if a zombie fed on a vampire, if he would become like a super sexy zombie. <laughs> I think I think if any if if one of them affected the other, it would be if a vampire bit a zombie, the zombie would just become a vampire and like or it will become heal. a is it not a vampire and not a ghoul the slave? Oh yeah, um, uh, a thrall. It might become a thrall. Quite possibly. Well, like usually there's a difference between um making someone a vampire and mm. making someone a thrall. Like yeah. they're kind of like a thrall is a lesser mm. version of the turning. What if if a vampire beat beats the vampire um bites a zombie it gains the ability like more sentience but also it can start rebuilding its own body using other people's body parts oh a frankenstein zombie like a frankenstein zombie yeah interesting i would enjoy that well let's just mash all the um all the hammer movies together mm and that'll be good good creature from the black lagoon is there oh yeah he's like a swamp zombie mm, mm. the one that uh a swamby the one that Del Toro based um, Shape of Water dude on, right? 
Yeah, it's he's actually a um there's like a, a comic series about him. Okay. Um he's he's basically like your your kind of typical shambling swamp monster. Mm. But I think I think no the He's creature- a corrupted mermaid. <laughs> that would also be fun. No, I think I think the creature's deal is that it can feel other people's emotions oh, for some reason. Right. So if you're scared of it, it it attacks you. Right. Because it can tell that you're scared of it and it doesn't like being a monster that people are scared of. Oh, so it lashes out. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. Oh. It's a bit sad. It's quite sad. But if you're not scared of it, then it will be your friend. Nice. Yeah. Should I finish my movie prediction? I mean, I think you mostly finished it. It match makes it. Yeah. Ma- match makes this is, It just becomes like a rom-com <laughs> black comedy where he's just rebuilding. He's creating his own perfect society. And, um. The mushroom isn't a threat anymore because it's kind of like he had his like battles with the mushroom, but yeah. he's kind of made it his servant now. Mm-hmm. And um, perhaps, oh, perhaps at the end of the show we zoom out and we realize there's other like mushroom palaces, ah, and other plants have been mutating, mm-hmm. and like the whole world is fucked. And like maybe this is just a small little green spot, nice. but then we see other little green spots pocketing the world. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sounds fucking great. Thank you. I think I think you've got too much complex world building in there to be a musical. Fuck, I always forget. <laughs> Lauren, Unfortunately. I like complex world building. Well, yeah, it doesn't quite fit into musical theatre because it needs to be things that can be easily encapsulated in a song. So That's plot- where the matchmaking comes in. All this world building's in the background. <laughs> plot is fine. Plot you can do in songs, but world building is much harder. Anyway. Mm. That's why it's Schrodinger's Apocalypse. Yes. I, I did play a little unfair with you with that specific tag because it's actually a um a production thing rather than a story thing. You bastard! <laughs> But it made for a great fucking story that you've pitched me. Thank you. So we're going to say that it's a win. Okay, cool. All right. Um, Before I start describing the actual movie, I am going to put in a content warning for domestic violence. Mm. Um, I I will just, like, skim over it. I'm not going to describe anything, but it is kind of part of the plot. Yeah, cool. So if you're sensitive to that shit, maybe skip this one. All right, so Little Shop of Horrors was originally a film made in 1960. Uh-huh. It was just not a musical. It was just like a, a horror film. So sort of like Attack of the Triffids vibe. I think so, yeah. Kind of you're a classic 60s film. Um, And then it got made into an off-Broadway musical mm-hmm. that premiered in 1982. And then in 1986, this this movie was made from the musical. Okay. Which was like a it, – it was adapted a little bit because musicals are always adapted for film, mm. like to make a proper film version. Right. And then in 2003, there was a Broadway revival uh, of the musical. So it's just been kind of yeah. going back and forth. Was between... the Broadway revival pulling more from the musical or did it kind of go to the movie? And um, I'm not sure. I, I suspect it's probably uh, used the same like script and songs as mm. the off-Broadway version, possibly like adapted a little bit. But it possibly also took a couple of the new songs that were written for the the film version, okay? Because that's the one that a lot of people know, mm. and incorporated that in as well, right? Yes. Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not an expert on Little Shop of Horrors, unfortunately. Lauren. I know it's my it's my subject is musical theatre. This is your trivia question. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's just been kind of uh, on and off doing tours ever since. Okay, I think it was in Australia a few years ago. 
I think so. I think I remember. Yeah. And there was puppetry. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's it's kind of a, it's not an easy one to put on because there's a lot of puppet stuff. Mm. But it's really fun. Um, there's also a, a film revival, apparently, currently in pre-production. I mean, not currently, obviously. <laughs> yeah. But in theory, pre-production is happening for another film version. Listen, sometimes people are like, we have a dead horse. Let's and we have vampires and we have zombies. <laughs> so is the horse really dead? <laughs> exactly. It doesn't have to be dead. Mm. Um, there was also an animated kids TV show version animated in 1991 that was like uh, every all the characters were teenagers and the plant was like, you know, it didn't eat anyone. It was just like a, a wacky talking plant and they were just like teen exploits. <laughs> I guess. That sounds really fucking dumb. Nice. This is our plant mascot. I think he's evil. <laughs> it's probably fine. Don't worry about it. Do not question. All right. So uh, the movie begins with like a, a spoof of that Star Wars text crawl. Oh, yeah. Over like space footage. Mm. Um, and it's like there's, there's like a deep voice trailer man and it's like, on the 23rd day of the month of September, in an early year of a decade not too long before our own. This is set in the 60s. Beautiful. The human race suddenly encountered a deadly threat to its very existence. And this terrifying enemy surfaced, as such enemies often do, in the seemingly most innocent and unlikely of places. Da-da-da-da! And then we smash cut to, like, the grungy corner flower shop or mm. plant shop or whatever the fuck it is yeah and you know the title comes up and it's in like the campiest horror font imaginable it's got like the dripping green horrors excellent it's real good hey lauren yeah did we just both collectively forget the word florist we forgot about <laughs> florists well they also seem to sell just like pot plants and stuff so it's not just cut flowers okay i don't know if florists do that as well I don't know. I don't, I don't know enough about, about florists. <laughs> we have one plant that is alive despite our best efforts. Yeah, it's it's some kind of plant shop, and they also sell flower arrangements. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then we have our first song, which is just called "Little Shop of Horrors." It's the prologue. Um, so like three doo wop girls Ooh. come out of an alley. They're going to be here for the whole show, and they're in every song, and they're always impeccably dressed in great fucking 60s fashion. Oh, amazing. It's so good. So they're in, like, these floofy, bright blue dresses Mm. with, like, those little jellyfish skirts and, like, lace blue gloves. Oh, that's so good. And they've always got, like, the the pompadour hair. Like pompadour or beehive? Uh, Like the kind of Tracy Turnblast hair from Hairspray, where you've got, like, the the kind of poofy semi-beehive thing going on. Do they have headbands? Sometimes, yeah. In Excellent. this, they do have their little bow head bands. Okay, so they're doo-wopping. Yeah, yeah. So it's three black ladies singing Little Shop of Horrors, and it's like, Little Shop, Little Shop of Horrors, Little Shop. It's great. And that, like the whole song is just like, horror is going to happen, danger is coming, nobody knows, but we do. We're do the great girls. chorus. Do <laughs> girls. Why won't you tell the characters? <laughs> nobody knows they're there. Mama. And they're like doing a little dance routine down the street in the rain and they dance into the shop past the owner. He doesn't know they're there. They don't exist. They're just a musical theatre thing. That was, um, okay, so you know West Side Story? Yeah. One of my favourite things was just the opening where it's just the gang members just like snapping all around. And he was like, yep. And they're like, time to do some spins. (laughs) I like when they fight and it's a dance routine. Yes. That's always my favourite. Do the doo-wop girls fight? 
No, unfortunately not. Are they immortal beings descended? It's unclear. They're immortal beings. It's fine. Yep. They Please just, tell me. Yep. Um, yeah, so they like go into the shop, they dance down into the basement of the shop and... Basement. Into the base. There is a basement. Um, and living in the basement is Seymour, the protagonist. He's like a generic movie nerd. Oh, he's yeah. got the glasses. He's got the sweater vest. Um, he apparently lives in the shop basement. It's unclear why at this point in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Seymour, won't you come upstairs? No, I'm a gremlin. Yeah. Seymour, please. <laughs> he like destroys a shelf so you can establish that he's clumsy. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was accident. <laughs> Me it too. Was an accident. No, he's, he's just in, he's in a rage. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, he just destroys it. Yeah. And then like the um the 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 team assembles in the shop. Um, and the radio's in the background going, oh, remember last week there was a total eclipse of the sun. This is definitely not a plot point. Turn around. No. <laughs> That's a total eclipse of the heart. Ah. This was a total eclipse of the sun. Ah. Um, so Seymour's there and Mr. Mushnik is there. He's the owner of the store. He's like a low-key New York Jewish stereotype. Okay. But apparently less of a horrible stereotype than the previous versions. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Um, and Audrey is there as well. She's like another of the shop assistants. She's like super skinny. She talks like this. Oh, I don't like she that. She goes, oh, Mr. Bushnick. <laughs> oh, Mr. Bushnick. <laughs> the bush is determined. <laughs> She's got a really silly squeaky voice and like a terrible kind of poofy blonde wig. Oh, beautiful. In like a bob. Oh, is it the one where like it comes in and then flicks out? No, unfortunately not. It just kind of comes in. <laughs> well, it's just, it it's be- just like your kind of generic bob, but it's super... Voluminous, so it's like a helmet. Yeah, nice. Yeah, um, and she's all, she is always wearing like high heels and like really tight, low cut dresses, and she's got like full makeup with the blue eyeshadow and the red lipstick. So she's supposed to look kind of trashy. Okay, nice. yeah, but you know she's got like a heart of gold underneath it. Ah, <laughs> not her heart, but she's got it. <laughs> it's there. Um, she's also like trying to put makeup over the black eye. That she has. Oh, oh, I see. This yeah. is where the content... The actual works. social issues come... Yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. okay. And, and Mr. Mushnik is like, oh, has that greasy boyfriend of yours been beating up on you again? I'm starting to get the impression he's not such a nice boy. Yeah. Like, yeah, no fucking shit, Mr. Mushnik. The way your boyfriend beats you. <laughs> hmm. Maybe that's not good, but I'm not certain yet. I'll I'm have not to sure. I'll have this. to get more, um, more, more evidence. I mean, it's only your face, so like... <laughs> I mean, Mr. Mushnik is like a secondary villain in this, so oh, okay. he's also supposed to be a bit shit. Yeah. Um, so Seymour like comes to the door and breaks a bunch of pots again, mm. you know, it's because he's clumsy. And Mushnik is like, oh, Audrey and Seymour, go and, you know, clean up those pots. I'm going to be in the back room. And then they both just immediately go out on the street to do another song. No. <laughs> like, no, I'm not going to clean up. It's time to sing about my feelings. This is a musical. Hey, Lauren. Yes. I don't want to call you out, but you do that. I do. You're like, hey, this house needs to have something done to it. And then you'll just start wandering around singing, but not doing shit. So like... Yes, and? <laughs> Lauren? Your problem? Do we live in a musical? It's possible. And I just do. don't have access to the backing track? You're that one person who doesn't realize they're in a musical. Mm. You're that guy in Enchanted. Oh my god, I'm that guy in Enchanted. Hmm. Hmm. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Okay. I'm kind of worried. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So then we have Skid Row, uh, in which various, you know, denizens of of this poor suburb in New York just bemoan how terrible their suburb is. 
They're like, you know, downtown where everything's fucked. <laughs> and like downtown, the people are feeling so down. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. It's very like at the end of the day from Les Mis. Like there's this whole bit where everyone's like pressed up against the grating, like we are poor. Wait, what? <laughs> are New York suburbs separated by like gates? <laughs> it's like a gate at the end of an alley. For some reason, I think it's just there so we can have a dramatic group of people okay. pressed up against the gate. I don't know enough about New York to know if they have like barriers between suburbs. If I know, I don't know because they they're just like you know there to like sing at Seymour, hmm. and like Audrey and Seymour are also part of this song, um, and they're just you know singing about their tragic backstories as well. Audrey's hmm. Audrey's like, oh, I came from a broken home and I've had a string of terrible abusive boyfriends and that's all I deserve, etc. Oh no, yeah. It's actually, like, underneath all the campy horrorness and, like, the musical theatre, it's actually really fucking tragic. Yeah, no. <laughs> if you think about it too hard. Can Audrey become the villain? Like, can this be her origin story? Unfortunately not. Well, in a way. <laughs> but oh. not in a good way. God damn it. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, and Seymour is like, oh, I was uh, just an orphan on the streets and Mr. Mushnick took me in and now he takes advantage of me. <laughs> Young orphan boy, <laughs> come live in my basement and help me grow flowers. Pretty much. I'm not going to pay you much and you only get like one day off every fortnight. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I'm in a dead end job. And they're both like, oh, I'm never going to get out of Skid Row. Hmm. And they do that thing where they're like both singing up against different sides of a corner. So you can see that they're like, they've got the same goals and wants and dreams. Ah, framing devices. Exactly. Yeah. Um, And then we've got like a montage in the shop. They've got no customers because it's like, it's a shitty downtown suburb and nobody wants to buy flowers, I guess. Mm. Um, And Audrey and Seema are like, oh, Mr. Mushnick, why don't we put some... (laughs) Seymour's like, oh, Mr. Mushnick. <laughs> oh, Mr. Mushnick. No, they're like, oh, oh, why don't we put some exotic plants in the window to draw in people who definitely care about exotic plants when, when they're, they're trying just trying to, to survive? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Seymour's like, oh, you know, my hobby is strange and exotic plants, and I apparently have the money to buy these. But not pay you. Yeah, yeah. So he brings up this tiny little Venus flytrap from the basement. Venus flytrap. <laughs> And it's like part of it is like a you know a plant eye view. Oh yeah, like you know the camera's kind of pointing up at Seymour's face as he carries it up. It's definitely not foreshadowing or anything. Don't worry oh, no. about it. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I wasn't gone. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then we have some uh, we have some prime dialogue TM where Mister Moshnik is like, "Hey, putting a strange and unusual plant in the window isn't going to attract any customers." And the doorbell rings. And like an overly enthusiastic guy's like, hey, I can't help but notice that strange and unusual plant in your window. Will you tell me where you got it? And Seymour's like, well, here's a song about it. Jesus. <laughs> Is this a botany class? Are you secretly giving me my science lessons that I didn't attend? No, it's even better. Um, so this song is called Dadu. <laughs> and it's literally just Seymour like monologuing over the doo-wop girls Excellent. in the background who are going, Dadu, Dadu. <laughs> literally do whopping um so basically the story is he he went to a you know like you know, remember remember the other week when we had that total eclipse of the sun mm. <laughs> i i was i went to a, a plant shop that was run by this old chinese man who sometimes sells me strange and exotic plants 
The only reason the Chinese bit is relevant is that the doo-wop girls are in these great, like, green, I think they're called chongsums, like those tight oh, yeah, Chinese chong-sum. dresses. Yeah. They've got, like, chopsticks in their hair and shit. Oh, okay. <laughs> kind of low-key. Uh... Little bit, but, mm. you know, this is the 80s. This is the 80s, where uh, racism isn't racism. Exactly. It's but it fine. definitely is. Yeah. And then he's like, suddenly and without warning, there was a total eclipse of the sun. It was unprecedented. We didn't realize it was coming. And there was this strange humming noise. And then like behind Seymour in the flashback, you see like this green lightning coming down from the sky and like you see one of the plant tables. And then he's like, when the light came back, a strange plant was just sitting there on the table. And it was like nothing I'd ever seen before. So obviously I bought it. I'm not going to question this. (laughs) I'm not genre savvy in the least. (laughs) Don't worry about it. <laughs> what is the motivation of the aliens at this point? Shh. Plant overlords? But like, why would you choose this guy? I mean, I feel like they're just trying to get a foothold, you know? Okay, cool. This is a seed operation? <laughs> it is. Literally a seed operation. That's a good pun. I enjoyed <laughs> Thank you. that. Yeah, so that he tells that story and the customer's like, wow, that was a really interesting story. I'm going to buy $100 worth of roses now. Sir, this is unrelated. (laughs) And then we cut directly to like a montage of everyone going crazy over this like, it's literally like 10 centimeters tall. Do you think it has pheromones? Pheromones? Possible. It is established the plant has mild hypnotic powers. So this is in the plant's interest. Sexy smells. So everyone's real into this plant and come into the shop and just buy everything. Mm. And Mr. Mushnik is thrilled, obviously. Nice. Um, uh... And he's like, and then the, like the plant starts wilting, and Mushnik is like, Seymour, you have to figure out how to nurse that plant back to health. <laughs> I didn't get the basic care instructions. <laughs> Seymour's like, I don't fucking know what this plant is. We don't even have Google. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so then we have the song "Grow for Me," where Seymour's basically like, I've given you all this shit. I've given you plant food. I've put you in direct sunlight. I put you in partial sunlight. He just lists off every plant care instruction in the course of this song. Beautiful. Um. And then he like pricks his finger on a rose thorn or something, and the plant's like nom 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 nom. Seymour, blood. He doesn't talk yet. Give me blood, Seymour. But yeah, he he feeds it some blood, and it likes the blood, and then it it. There's, this, mean, there's this great puppet bit where yeah. the like the the plant's moving at this point, so yeah. it is a puppet. But um, it's like Seymour feeds it some blood, and then he goes upstairs, and then the plant grows. Mm. And apparently the way they did this is they put like an invisible track under the plant and they just moved it closer to the camera. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. But I, I mean, thought like... it was stop motion animation, but apparently they don't use any of this in, in the movie. It's it's just mm. like all puppet effects. Yeah. But like, Lauren, this isn't concerning because blood and bone is a thing that you sell to help plants grow. Exactly. So like, this is just plants. Mm. Unfortunately, it does require fresh blood. This is just... <laughs> Fancy plants. This is how plants are. Plants sometimes require sacrifices. Mm, mm. It's never actually established if the blood needs to be human. It just needs to be fresh. So Seymour could have, like, fed some animals to it. Mm. Possibly that would have been even darker for the movie. True. What if it was... Okay, so it has to be fresh. You can't, like, you know, take out, you know, a blood bag from the hospital. Unclear. He does try buying just, like, meat from the butcher for it, and it doesn't like that. Okay. He never actually tries doing blood crimes. (laughs) (laughs) What's the point of this humor if you won't do blood crimes? Anyway, so um, then where it's, you know, it's a few days later, there's like a radio show happening. It's like Skid Row Radio. There's this segment on the radio that's called like Wink Wilkinson's Weird World or something. 
And it's just like a guy who interviews people who have weird shit. I would watch and or listen to that. Yeah, but like it's a radio show, so he just has to describe it, I guess. I feel like that could be real good, like random horror fuel. That could be pretty fun. Yeah. But like Seymour's in the waiting room and there's like a guy with like a life-size nun puppet that's playing a saxophone and an old lady with a box that's got all these chains around it. And like an old man in like full steampunk regalia with, I think he's got like a flying machine. It looks like he's got those big like fabric wings behind him. Holy shit. <laughs> anyway, so there's some great shit going on here. Um, and yeah, he, he Seymour like goes into the radio show and the guy's like, hey, tell me the story. And Seymour's like, well, you remember that total eclipse of the sun a week ago? And he does the whole thing again. Yeah. But we don't, we just cut before that. It's fine. Um, and then like we're in the store and Audrey and Mushnik are listening to the radio show and then Audrey goes back home. She lives, like, directly over the road from the shop, oh, which you know is what? convenient. Ideal commute. This is true. Um, but she's got, like, her arm in a sling again. Um, you know, hmm. shit's happening. This is escalating. Audrey, I want you to get out of there and or murder your boyfriend and feed him <laughs> to the plant. It's Lord. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> does she murder her boyfriend and feed him to the plant? She doesn't. Ah, <laughs> uh, someone else does? Someone else does. Fuck Yeah. I mean, it was going to happen. Oh, it was going to happen. It's like Chekhov's domestic abuser. <laughs> if you have a domestic abuser in the first act, by the third act, you have to murder him exactly. by whatever plot convenience is happening. He has in to be destroyed. Story. Yeah. So, like, you know, it's it's obviously framed as a as a bad thing, but yeah. also there's, like, too much of it in there to be entirely comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, like, she goes back to her room, and her room's, like, super, like, pastel, and there's all these frills and, like, stuffed animals everywhere, and, like, mm. a bird in a cage, which is very Joanna. Joanna. <laughs> Green finch and linnet bird, nightingale blackbird. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, and it's also, like, there's a, there's a real difference between, like, what she's been wearing and what her room is like. So it's kind of implied that her boyfriend's making her wear all these really tight, like, low-cut dresses. Oh. And shit. Mm. And, like, really high heels, because she's all very kind of Lolita. Ah. <laughs> or, like, she, really, she seems to really like, like, pastels and frills and shit. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then she sings Somewhere That's Green, where she's basically, you know, this is her I Want song. Yeah. Um, it's, it's basically like hashtag millennial dreams. Cause she's like, I just want a nice house in the suburbs with a garden Oof. and like a husband and two and a half kids. <laughs> One is part robot. Yeah. Oh yes, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. But it's, it's also like super fifties, this dream. Oh, right. Yeah. So she's, and she wears like a series of like excellent dress, like fifties dresses with the poofy skirts. Oh, cute. Yeah. And they're all in like bright pastel colors and there's florals and frills and they're really cute. And the dress is, and the the house is like, you know, a, a better homes and gardens kind of perfect house. Oh yeah. Yeah. With a perfect lawn. And you know, she has a Tupperware party and there's like, you know, they do that thing where there's like, they've got two children and the children are clones of their parents. Oh, I hate that. But yeah, sure. It's <laughs> yeah, a dream. Yeah. And they've got a spaniel. And they've also got, like, in, in her dream about what life could be like, like, Seymour's her husband in this dream. Okay. Because we've established that, like, she's like, oh, maybe, you know, Seymour's kind to me. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. So then we just pan back to Skid Row and her shitty little apartment mm. in this terrible suburb. Um, and then we go to the doo-wop girls, and they're just having a dance party on the roof. <laughs> Same. Um, and they've got like these little short red tassel dresses oh, and like tassel gloves. Yummy. And they're 
they're basically just they're, they're just singing about like you know we're gonna have some fun now and it's just a montage of Seymour feeding blood to Audrey too he called the plant Audrey too oh sorry oh. <laughs> not to Audrey <laughs> oh no sorry I did skip that bit you did he's like he's feeding blood to Audrey too I'm like what happened this escalated weirdly and quickly no no yeah sorry I did I did skip a bit before where Mushnik is like oh what do you call this plant and he's like I called it Audrey too and Audrey's like after me. <laughs> I love weird, creepy plants being named after me, Mr. Mushnick and or Seymour. <laughs> yeah, so it's just like a montage of Seymour feeding blood to the plants and it's getting increasingly demanding. And the doo-wop goes like, yeah, we're going to have some fun now. The horror's ramping up, motherfuckers. <laughs> you ready? You ready? We're having a party on the roof. They're um, away from the basement. It's the smart part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's like, it must be like, you know, a week later or something, and the shop's like full of customers, everyone's buying everything. Um, Audrey 2's like as tall as a person. Yeah. Um, so it's a real big plant, and Seymour's like super woozy from blood loss. <laughs> Seymour, get some of our resources. <laughs> he's He's still a nice, geeky person. Like, he doesn't want to kill people at this point. Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> Um, At this point, <laughs> I hear your foreshadowing. <laughs> and there's this great bit where um, Mushnik is like, oh, Seymour, did you do this? Did you do that funeral arrangement? And Seymour's like, oh, no, shit, I forgot because, like, I'm medically unwell. <laughs> and Audrey's like, oh, no, it's fine, I'll do it. And um, she she takes, like, five white lilies, puts them in a vase with a black bow on them, puts some craft glue on them and just covers them in glitter. But- <laughs> That's the funeral arrangement. <laughs> Lauren, yes. for my funeral, can you please arrange some sort of a glitter bomb? I think that would be amazing. Oh, oh, can it be that as, <gasps> as, as my coffin, coffin opens? Yes! <laughs> the glitter bomb goes off. I like how we're both just like, the coffin will open in this funeral. <laughs> I mean, I think usually, even if it's an open casket. Treasure hunt funeral. So the coffin opens. There's a glitter explosion. <laughs> the body has yes, a body! <laughs> There's like a little note in there with the first clue. Yes. Mm. Or like a map. A map. It's a treasure hunt funeral. Okay, question. Dismemberment? I was going to say, is it an Easter Easter egg hunt or just a treasure hunt? You have to reassemble my body. Oh, God. But um, I want to be cremated, so like, mm. good luck. I guess you've, you're just in a bunch of little vessels. Yes. Mm. Oh, my God. If each separate part's cremated, kind of like, you know, like Egyptian... Um, funerary practices. Oh, yeah. So they're all in specialized urns. And then when you collect all of them, I will become, um, <laughs> fuck, what's that Yu-Gi-Oh character? You're uh, asking me that like I'd know. Uh, God, I can't remember. It's the one that Yugi creates in the first one. Where basically, it's a Voltron. You have to have all the cards together, and then it reassembles into this, uh, massive. Excellent. So what I'm saying, but made Lauren, of ash? Okay, it's ash in separate urns. It combines to become, like, a, uh, clay mecha. It's like your arm ash in like an arm shaped like clay vessel. Vessel. <laughs> yes. And then when you assemble all of it, I catch on fire and then yes. I can start moving. I'm like a. You're a golem. I'm a golem, but yeah. like not. But magic. A, but I mean, magic. Golems are magic. Golems are magic, <laughs> but they're also Jewish. Therefore, I am a. A, um, oh, what's, what are the DMD construct? ones? Oh, yeah, like a construct. I'm a construct. Yeah. Nice. Nice. And then you can use me to fight your enemies, but, like, you have to woo me first. <laughs> how does one woo a construct made of ash and clay and fire? You know how to woo me. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, sharks and anime. Yes. <laughs> you must provide me offerings of sharks and anime. 
All right, I'll get right on that. Oh no, I made a fire. I can't go in the ocean. You can't. Oh, Lauren, don't reassemble me. I'd never <laughs> stay dead. What if I just chuck all your parts in the ocean? Yes. Hmm. What if, instead of catching on fire, I catch on shark? What does that mean? It means you assemble me, and I, I transfigure myself into a shark. I see. But I can a land walk. shark? A land shark. It's a, a shark. shark, as you will. As, <laughs> as you will. <laughs> a shark with both arms and legs. Mm, mm, mm. But really both. Prehensile. <laughs> anyway. Please, let's move along. <laughs> we don't need to talk about this. All right, so... Where are we? We're in the shop. Yeah. Audrey and Seymour like are talking about their tragic backstories again. Um, it's kind of cute. They're both like, Oh, I'm 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 shit and my life is shit. I don't deserve you. Oh. <laughs> but they're like both into each other, so it's kind of sweet. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, but then we segue into the song a song called Dentist Exclamation Mark. I don't like it. Um, we, we, we see, we, we discover what Audrey's boyfriend is like. He's a dentist? He's a dentist. So we, we, you know, establishing shot of him, he's got Elvis hair, he's got like a black leather jacket, he's on a motorbike. I would not trust this dentist. He's, 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 basically his song is like, oh, I was really sadistic as a child and now I'm a sadistic adult. And my mum was like, what if you could make sadism your career? So now I'm a dentist. Yeah. And the doo-wop girls are there and they're like the dentist assistants. Cute. And there's this whole montage where he's torturing people. Cool. Yeah. I don't know how he's staying in business. Who I, keeps going to this man? I think like the the comedy thing mm. in quotation marks is like going to the dentist is supposed to hurt. So people mm. just kind of suck it up. But he's literally torturing people. Okay, cool. <laughs> cool. Yeah. And he's also like... Um, They've got, like, the laughing gas, which is supposed to be anesthetic, but yeah. he's the one taking the laughing gas. Ah, of course. Yeah. So I guess he's addicted to that. Yeah. So he's, like, a full fucking Stephen King villain. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, yeah, at the end of the day, you know, he picks up Audrey at the shop and Seymour basically sees how bad Audrey's being treated. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, and then he goes back into the shop and and the plant is, like, I'm just going to call it the plant because calling it Audrey too is confusing. Thank you. <laughs> And the plant is like, hello, Seymour. And Seymour's like, what the fuck? Hello. <laughs> it's great because the plant is voiced by like a Motown singer. So he's got like that really deep voice. like Beautiful. He's like, hello, Seymour. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> it's great. And he's basically, um, the plant sings a song, which is amazing. And it's just called Feed Me. And this is the bit that everyone knows about Little Shop of Horrors of the Plants going, feed me, Seymour, feed me now. That's what I say to my mum whenever I visit her. <laughs> exactly. Feed me, mother. Feed me, mum. Yeah, I'm yeah. so hungry. And the plant's like, feed me. And Seymour's like, you know, I want fresh blood. And Seymour's like, does it have to be human? And the plant's like, feed me. It's like, does it have to be mine? Feed me. And the plant's like, feed me. Feed me, Seymour. That's great, because, like, um, the... The puppet's like that big, like human-sized one, and mm. it's got like moving vines, and like nice. the leaves move, and it's got like lips that speak, like that that articulate. Oh, so apparently this like this 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 was the Jim Henson company right. doing this, obviously, obviously, yeah, like making and and automating this puppet, but like mm. it's really fucking well done. Excellent. Yeah. Um. Apparently, what they did is also when the when the plant was talking mm. to make like the lip movements look natural, they filmed it at a slower speed and oh. then sped it up. Nice. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah. Basically, the the plant is like 
you know, I need more than what you're giving me, so why don't you just kill someone? Give me, give me more. Give and me more. bring me, me some meat. Me more. And the the plant's like promising Seymour, like, oh, I can bring you fame and fortune and I can make sure you get with that girl you're in love with. I don't know how the fucking plant <laughs> knows any of this or can promise this. Plants, man. Plants, man. Um, Yeah, but... You know, the plant's trying to convince him of this and then Seymour, like, looks out of the window and, you know, sees Audrey being mistreated again and he's like, hang on, I do know someone who deserves to die. Yes. <laughs> and the plant's like, good. <laughs> Excellent, Seymour. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we're back at the dentist and Seymour has, like, gone to, like, have a dentist appointment but he's brought a gun with him. Yeah. Yeah, and there's, like, there's a a, a weird little... um. Oh, what's the word where a famous person is... Cameo? Yeah. There's like a weird little cameo by Bill Murray. Okay. Who's like a really masochistic patient. Ah. (laughs) That like just really annoys the dentist because he can't make him scared. (laughs) This man keeps coming in here and getting kind of horny. Literally, yes, but to an uncomfortable extent. Oh, does he make you uncomfortable? (laughs) It goes on far too long. Uh, Bill Murray, why? Yeah, yeah. But, but, like, yeah, after that, like, Seymour goes into the appointment and um, the dentist is like, oh, I, you know, I need to let loose after the, whatever the fuck that was. <laughs> and he, you know, gets on his laughing gas contraption, but then he just accidentally overdoses and dies. Did Seymour not even have to do it? <laughs> he any- didn't have to fucking do it. Like, he pulled the gun on him. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you know, I'm going to kill him, kill you for how you treated her. Mm. But, like, at this point, he's just super hopped up on laughing gas and, like, the valve or whatever has broken, so he's just dying. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, all right, man. And Seymour's like, all right, I guess I didn't have to do anything. And he drags the body back to the shop and, like, chops it up in an alley and then feeds it to the plant. How far away is the dentist from the... uh... It is unclear. How does he move the body? He He is a small man. And the dentist is not a small man. Mm. He just he's he's got it like wrapped up in like a tarp or whatever and he's just dragging it. Through the streets. But it's obviously much lighter than a body would be. Ah, uh, excellent. <laughs> and like it's like really old... it's really stiff as well. So yeah. I'm like, is this supposed to be rigor mortis or is this just the dummy you have in there? It's it's the dummy. It's the dummy. It's fine. It's musical theatre, it doesn't have to be realistic. It's true. Yeah. But then in the morning oh and then there's like a little bit where like Mushnik comes by the shop and he like sees the shadow of like an axe murderer oh excellent. in the alley um so <laughs> gonna deal with that yeah yeah and he like runs off so then in the morning like the police are there and they're talking to audrey and they're like you know your boyfriend's missing we suspect foul play mm. and you know seymour turns up and he comforts audrey and there's a song called suddenly seymour where basically he confesses his love and she's like oh you know i also like you and you know you're really kind to me um, and like Seymour goes back to the shop and Mr. Mushnik's there and he's like, I saw you in the alley. Like it turns out that he actually saw it was Seymour. Ah. And he thinks that Seymour just straight up axe murdered the boyfriend. Oh. I mean, if I suspected someone was an axe murderer, I wouldn't approach them and be like, hey, so like I saw you committing a crime. <laughs> he does have a gun. Oh, okay. Like Mushnik is threatening Seymour with a gun. Mushnik, what do you get out of this? You don't care. Well, what he gets out of it is he basically, like, backs Seymour up the stairs and into the main room, you know, where the giant monstrous plant is. Did Mushnik not notice this monstrous plant this whole time? The plant's there, but as far as Mushnik knows, the plant's just a plant. Okay. It doesn't move or, you know, speak or eat people. It's just a regular plant that that only Seymour knows how to look after. Ah. So Mushnik's like, look, I'll give you, like, a week to get out of town. Okay. 
and in return, you know, you leave the plant here and you tell me how to look after it because the plant's the thing that's making you money. Yeah. Because everyone's super interested in it. And, like, while this is going on, um, there's a song called Supper Time that's oh. happening in the background. So the plant and the doo-wop girls who are, like, in purple sequins with, like, Georgette drapes. Good. Um, and it's, like, a really kind of, like, a rising kind of tension song just happening mm. in the background and, like, the doo-wop girls are getting closer and closer and the plant's kind of moving behind Mr. Mushnick and they're all like, supper time, supper time's going to happen. Excellent. And then, you know, once once Seymour's like, oh, well, you know, you have to give it, like, sunlight and plenty of water and the way that you feed it is, is, and then the plant just chomps Mr. Mushnick. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, so... Now I guess Seymour's in charge of the shop. That's how promotion and works, nobody baby. knows that he's been complicit in two murders. Mm. He does. He's he not does. happy about it. I guess like murdering your boss and taking over their role is easier in pre-internet days. This is true. I mean, it's still like these two disappearances have happened in Seymour's vicinity. Doesn't that happen to a lot of people? <laughs> I mean, I guess they also live on Skid Row, so the police probably don't fucking care. Yeah, they're probably just like, listen, people disappear from like, here. Like, they cared all the about time. the boyfriend because, like, he was a, you know, he made good money. Like, I don't think he actually lived on Skid Row. Yeah, like, he had that Audrey, privilege. Audrey had this thing where she's like, oh, I'm with him because, you know, he makes really good money and, um, you know, he's he's got a good career. Yeah. And also, if I leave, he might kill me. <laughs> yeah, so, like, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind know, the of usual stock reasons. standard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so then we just have like a montage of Seymour being famous and hating it called The Weak Shall Inherit. Ah, uh, beautiful. <laughs> so he's finally lost his sweater vest. Oh no! So he's he's moved up in the world um, and there's all these people going like, oh, Seymour, we've got like lecture tours and you can be on magazine covers. and there's For like, being a murder suspect? No, for having this great plant that everyone's Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. No, like, yeah, this this whole time, like, the reason the shop's suddenly successful mm. and they're making money and all this is happening is because, like, the whole world is super interested in this weird plant mm. that's like nothing else on Earth. Right. And also it's, like, growing at a prodigious rate. Are there um, shadowy government figures being like, give us the plant? Oddly not. Huh. Doesn't no. track. No, it doesn't. Okay. I don't know, man. Yeah. And there's, like, you know... Like a, a a TV show, like a, a TV studio wants to make it like a gardening tips show. Oh yeah, with Seymour and there's like crowds around the shop and reporters and paparazzi and the you know the doo wops are there as like receptionists at the at the TV studio. Sweet. They've got like these little black and white collared dresses and like white cat eye glasses. Yes, they look super cute. I love these doo wop girls. I know they're literally yeah, like in every scene they're there and they're in a different outfit and they always look fucking amazing. I can't believe the entire costume budget <laughs> went to the doo wop girls. I know, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Audrey's got some pretty good costumes too. Um, but yeah, so like you know, we're we're in the shop and like yeah, like Seymour gets to the shop, you know, past all these crowds and shit. And Audrey too, like the the plant like reaches the ceiling. Mm. It's like the the last and biggest puppet. And there's like vines and leaves and tendrils covering half of the shop. Yeah. Apparently, this puppet weighed a ton and took sixty puppeteers. Oh, oh god! Because like literally all the viney bits move yeah. and like um yeah like the the whole like thing oh although apparently like the the middle one that was singing the song before is yeah. the one with the movable lips 
Right. So when they want the big one to be singing, yeah. they shoot the middle one oh, but close up. in a smaller set. Excellent. Yeah. And they just don't shoot it with the people. Mm. Yeah. So it's just, it, I don't know, it's, it's just really nice. Like the practical effects in this are just like chef kiss. Practical effects will almost always beat out CGI. Mm, mm, mm. Like this was like a huge budget movie for the time as well. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So like there's the the film crew in the shop and they're like, oh, you know, we're here to film a, a, a stinger or whatever for your TV show. Yeah. And Seymour's like, and like Audrey too is behind like looking at him. The plant doesn't have eyes, but like you can tell it's looking at him. It's lips, they look. <laughs> and Seymour just like kind of freaks out from guilt. And like runs out of the shop like, no, stay away from me. I'm, I'm a murderer. Fair. <laughs> he doesn't say that, but he's thinking it. Yeah. Yeah. And like Audrey, you know, comforts Seymour in the alley. And like now that her boyfriend's dead, she's wearing like this really modest kind of pink lacy blouse and skirt. Oh. So yeah, like Audrey, Audrey's costume journey is really quite nice. Because mm. like she's wearing the really trashy stuff at the start, which is with the boyfriend. And then yeah. she's got all the cute 50s stuff in her dream. And then so. once the boyfriend's dead, she like goes into much more what her room was like. Nice. Like the stuff that she likes. Excellent. Yeah. It's just really nice. And Seymour like is like, oh, what if we just get out of here? <laughs> what if we leave this problem? <laughs> what if we run away together? Like he proposes he wants to run away together, like to the suburb and like somewhere that's green is playing in the background. Yeah. Like, let's do your dream. Yeah. Um he's like, you know, we'll get married tonight. We'll stay at a hotel, we'll do the film tomorrow, they're going to give us some money, and then we can use that money to just get out of here. Okay, yeah. He just, he wants to escape. Yeah. Which is fair. Um, so, like, he's trying to sneak out past the plant with his with his suitcases. Mm. Um, he does not succeed. Oh, no. The plant does know he's here. He fails on his sneak roll. He his does. stealth check. He did fail his stealth check. And the plant's like, feed me. <laughs> Seymour, I don't actually care what you're doing. Just give me a snap. Yeah, yeah. And Seymour's like, no, I'm not going to fucking kill any more people for you. I finally have an escape plan. Look, I'm going to go down to the corner store and just buy you some meat. Mm. And the plant's like, fuck no. Yeah. And he, he, he goes anyway. And then the plant, like, pulls itself across the room oh. with its vines to the payphone. Oh. And it calls Audrey. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it's like... It's a little strange because the plant like flirts with Audrey for a little bit. It's like, hey, baby, you're looking great. And Audrey's like, what the fuck? Who is this? Yeah. And the plant's like, it's me. Look out the window. And she looks out the window to the sh- into the shop's window and she sees this giant fucking plant like looking at her. Yeah. And moving. And she's like, holy fuck. That's not good. <laughs> so she rushes over and gets eaten. Why would you rush over? I know. What the fuck, Audrey? <laughs> Wow, there's she's a creepy plant hitting on also, me. Also, she's, like, packing as well, and she's in, like, this wedding dress that I guess she just had. <laughs> Listen, I owned a wedding dress as well, but really? that was for cosplay. Oh, this is true. You did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like a kind of, you know, tight tight bodice, like, lace overlay, floofy skirt. It's actually quite cute. Nice. Unlike the Buffy wedding dress. Unlike the Buffy <laughs> that wedding That she wore to the prom, which was hideous. I think you mean... Delicious. It was delicious, but it was also hideous. This is just kind of cute. Okay. Um. Yeah. So this is where Schrodinger's apocalypse happens. Oh, okay. Because there's two endings to this movie. Huh? Is this a choose-your-own-adventure movie? No, it's not. So they filmed the original ending, which was based on the one in, in the musical. Okay. Um, where basically everyone dies, the apocalypse happens. Yeah. Um, but... The test screenings were fucking awful. 
Yeah. People didn't like it. And what the, the interviews from the director, what he reckons is that on, in a stage show, everyone dies, but then you have the bows at the end. Right. And the audience basically sees like... Everyone's okay. Everyone's okay. Yeah. Like, you know, on a kind of subconscious level. Yeah. But in a movie, everyone dies, they're dead. Their and you don't get any, gone. like, yeah, emotional... You don't get any catharsis. Yeah. Yeah. So they had fucking awful test screenings for that original apocalypse ending. So it was entirely rewritten and reshot. Okay. Um, but the original ending was restored in 2012 from like the the they, like they had they had the ending filmed. Okay, yeah, it like just, like, archived in. Yeah, it was kind of archived, but it was completely restored in 2012 and is now like a director's cut. Oh, ending. Yeah. Um. So the theatrical ending, the one they actually released, Seymour rescues Audrey from the plant. Mm. She's fine. She's like, oh, I always loved you. I was just trapped in this shitty relationship. Um, this, like, executive guy approaches Seymour going, we're going to sell little Audrey's worldwide from cuttings. And Seymour's like, holy shit, this is going to be bad. I yeah. need to destroy this plant. I can't believe this executive man's like, I should just do this. Yeah, yeah. I feel... Mm. I guess somehow he got a cutting from Audrey and he's like, he has this little yeah. baby Audrey. Yeah. Um, so Seymour's like, holy shit, I need to destroy this plant before, yeah. like the whole world gets destroyed. So he goes back to the store and Audrey, like, like the plant, um, like, destroys the shop around him, but mm. he manages to electrocute it with, like, an exposed cable. Okay. And oh, the- so, like, Jaws! But I think that was the second or third Jaws movie? I don't know. I haven't seen him. Have you seen the first Jaws movie? I don't think I have. Ooh. Tonight? <laughs> Let's watch Jaws Let's tonight! Let's watch Jaws tonight. Yes! Done. Um, yeah, so Seymour manages to kill the plant and returns to Audrey and they get married and they move to that house from the dream, like yeah. the same set. And like, you know, the very end of the movie, you can see like a bud of the plant just in the front yard. Oh no. So it's like that horror movie ending where it's yeah. like, maybe. It's still there. Yeah. 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 But the original ending, mm-hmm. which is the one that I watched, mm. is much more fun. Excellent. So I'm going to describe that. Please do. <laughs> um, so the plants eat in Audrey. Yes. She's still, like, in its mouth, and Seymour, like, rushes in, and he, like, pulls her out of its mouth, but she's dying. Oh, no. She's, like, bleeding out, and they're in an alleyway, and he's, like... Oh, these fucking alleyways! <laughs> it's very, like, little fall of rain. Like, she's kind of dying in his arms. Oh, yeah. And, like, he kind of confesses what he's done okay. to her. And she's, like, there's, there's you know, the sad reprise of Somewhere That's Green. Oh, of course, yeah. Where Audrey is like, I'm dying. When I die, you should feed me to the plant because that's going to help you. Oh. Oh, Audrey. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I'm going to be a part of the plant. So I'll be the plant and you'll like see me grow and see me bloom. Audrey, no. Or whatever. Audrey, that ain't, no. Yeah. And the end of the song is like, finally, I'll be somewhere that's green. Okay, <laughs> imagine this with any other context where it's not a plant, where it's like, oh, you have this monster in your basement mm. that eats human flesh. Feed me to the monster and I'll become the monster. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, Audrey kind of becomes a villain in the end, but not actually. Audrey takes over, um, not Seymour, Audrey too. Yes. And then they share. <laughs> and now they have a plant relationship, I guess. No. Yeah. So, like, she dies in the alley and then there's, like, big orchestral score the doors open, mm. the plants there, like, you know, fronds extended, you know, yeah. big, big dramatic plants. Seymour's like bridal carrying Audrey's body into the room yeah. and like lays her gently in the plant's mouth and okay. it like very slowly closes its mouth. The plant can't even close its own mouth now? 
It can. It's just closing it slowly for dramatic effect. Oh, I thought you meant like Seymour slowly closed the plant's <laughs> mouth. No, no, the plant pl- slowly closes its own mouth. Okay. Because this is a big dramatic scene. Cool. Where we're saying goodbye to Audrey. That makes more sense than yep. Seymour being like, yum, yum, yum. <laughs> yeah. And Seymour's like distraught and he runs off and they have the same scene where he's approached by the executive. Yeah. And he's like, you know, I, I, I can grow this plant from cuttings. We can sell them. We can put one in every home in America. And, like, the little sapling kind of looks at Seymour and does, like, an evil grin. Oh, yeah. Like, the Grinch face. Excellent. It's so good. Yeah. So Seymour rushes back to the shop to confront the plant, and he's like, did you want world domination this whole time? And the plant's like, uh, yeah. (laughs) Boy. And then the plant sings this great song called Mean Green Mother from Outer Space. Oh, my God. I love it. (laughs) So the plant's just, like, basically destroying the shop around Seymour. Beautiful. And Seymour's like trying to herd it. Yeah. And there's all these like baby buds of the plant, like I little guess. mouths on its vines, and they're like singing back up for the plant. Oh my god, yes. The doo up girls do, uh, are not here. The doo up girls were plants all along. The doo up girls were plants Maybe all along. Maybe they were aliens. It's entirely possible. I think the doo up girls were aliens. Yeah, yeah. So the plant like destroys the entire shop around Seymour. Yeah. Like it caves the roof in. Mm. It's huge at this point, and then it eats him. And Seymour's dead. That's fair. So then we have the finale, which is a 10-minute extravaganza called Don't Feed the Plants. <laughs> is this the right message we should be sending? <laughs> so there's, like, like the plants eating Seymour, and then we just cut to, like, there's this huge sparkly American flag. Yeah. And the doo-wop girls rise up onto the stage and they've got like these like black almost like graduation judge gowns oh yeah over like white dresses mm-hmm. and they they narrate basically here's what happens to the world <laughs> <laughs> this same thing happened all across america people bought these plants the plants convinced them to feed them and kill for them <gasps> i can't believe everyone has the same and grow bigger character journey and then the plants took over but only in America. Only in America. This is an American-specific apocalypse, like many are. Like most apocalypses. Yeah, yeah. And then we have this great montage over, like, the song Don't Feed the Plants. And, like, you know, they're all busting out from, like, the walls of the buildings, from, like, the rooms they oh, were yeah. kept in. And, like, into bedrooms and into nightclubs. And there's, like, this huge plant, like, on top of a bridge, just, Sweet. like, snapping at the cars. And there's, like, plants several stories high like as big as buildings, like rampaging down the streets, like fucking King Kong. <laughs> um, they're like destroying entire buildings. There's like a plant like opening its mouth and a train driving into the plant's mouth. Yes. Um, there's like one emerging from the river to like eat people. Mm-hmm. It's like full scale. I think they did this with like puppets and like scale models of New oh, York. Of course you would, yes. Yeah, yeah. So it's basically like hundreds of plants destroying New York. Mm. It's 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 fucking the only great. city in America. Exactly, the only city in America. And like the final shots of this montage are like the army, like ineffectively shooting at the plants on the Statue of Liberty. Yes, <laughs> it's like helicopters everywhere, but they're ineffective. They're it doesn't ineffective. matter. The plants have won. Plants have won. Yeah, and then there's like the end? Question mark! Exclamation mark! Question mark! The end? The end? 
And then there's like a, an effect where it's basically like the plant busting through the movie screen. Oh, yes. So it probably would have been pretty fun in cinemas. Yes. Because they've kind of done the thing where they've made like the um the projection in mm. quotation marks, like quite faint of like the scene still happening. Right. But then like the plant bit is really in focus and it's like busting through the screen and then like it zooms into the mouth of the plants like the audience is getting eaten. Yes. It's real good. And that's how the movie ends. Yay! Yay! So I really enjoy that original that original ending. Yeah, I prefer that a lot Because it's like a really satisfying apocalypse. Yes. It's just really fun. I enjoy a good apocalypse ending mm. where it is, yes, no, yes, yes, yeah. yes. Like literally the the ending that they screened is just like they defeat this one plant and then move to a cookie cutter house in the suburbs and live happily ever after. Boring. We don't want that closure. We don't care. Yeah. We want plants attacking the world. Exactly. And the US Army failing to defeat them. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, that, that um film revival that I mentioned at the start that's yeah. apparently in pre-production, um, it's actually it's it's not actually known who the cast is, mm. but on IMDB there's like a rumored cast. Excellent. Do you want to hear what it is? Give me the rumored cast. Uh, Audrey is Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> Fuck yeah, of course it's Scarlett Johansson. Audrey's terrible boyfriend is Chris Evans. Chris <laughs> yeah, Okay. I guess. Uh, yeah. Um, Seymour is Taron Egerton. I don't know that. Um, did you ever see Kingsman? Oh, yeah. He's the kid in that. Oh, Which oh, I can Eggsley. kind of see. Yeah, yeah. Eggsy. Yeah. He's, he's a bit too handsome. Yeah, but... he's too square. Yeah. Um, but I guess he's skinny at least. And then the plant will be voiced by Billy Porter. Oh, I love Billy yeah. Porter. All you need is like deep voiced Blackman for the yeah. plant. Yeah. 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 Could so... the plant dress like Billy Porter? <laughs> Maybe it does. I, I do kind of hate Scarlett Johansson as Audrey though. Like well, My mind immediately went, but Aud- uh, but uh, Scarlett Johansson could play a tree. And then I was like, no, she's not playing Audrey too. She's playing she's Audrey playing one. playing Audrey. No. Yeah. And she's supposed to be kind of... You know, not actually that pretty, like... Shape of Water Lady. Oh, yeah, she'd be great. She'd be amazing. She'd fucking kill it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. And, I don't know, I, I wouldn't have thought of Chris Evans as the terrible boyfriend. Having could, seen could, Knives Out. He could probably actually do it really well. Yeah. I don't know how campy they're going to make this movie, because this one was super campy. Yeah, I mean, I feel the campier the better. If you're using yeah. Billy Porter... Although, I don't know if any of these people are singers as well, so maybe they're not going the musical route. Hugh Jackman comes in. <laughs> I don't know who Hugh Jack. I don't think Hugh Jackman suits anyone. Hugh Jackman is Mr. Mushnick. <laughs> Hugh Jackman is Mr. Mushnick. Yes. <laughs> He's getting on. That'll do it. Mm. Yeah. So my rating for this movie is 10 out of 10 for absolute bangers, use of costume, and excellent 80s monster apocalypse. Mm-hmm. But 4 out of 10 for weirdly lighthearted depiction of some dark social shit. Yeah. That probably shouldn't be as explicitly in there as it is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. There were some, some points in there where I was like, do we really need to show all this? Yeah. It's like- Can we not just hint at what's happening? Anyway, yeah, that's a movie. Yeah, I probably will actually watch that one. Yeah, it's it's quite fun. Mm. Yeah, I feel like that'd be a good one for a drinking game as well. <laughs> yeah, it's um, like I feel like the the thing you'd compare it to is Rocky Horror. Yeah, of like campy horror musicals. Mm. I think it's one of the only monster musicals. Okay, like, I guess there's King Kong. The musical, but I don't actually know much about that, and I don't. I think they played a bit straighter. I feel it's played straight. Yeah, it's more Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, like they don't go full ridiculous, which is 
Oh wait, Star Kids. Do Star Kids have any? Um, Star Kids Starship is not dissimilar. Yeah, because they have like the bug puppets. Yeah, but that's more sci-fi. True, I guess than traditional. They had a new one movie. that came out Black Friday. I don't know enough. I haven't seen Black Friday. There is one that's like Alien Invasion, but makes everything a musical. Excellent. It's called um the the guy who didn't like musicals. Nice. Yeah, but it's it's basically like kind of the um the the brain invader like the mind invader aliens come to Earth and like they oh make... yerks yeah yeah the the yerks but musical theater yerks I love musical theater yerks <laughs> so like there's like a few characters who haven't been taken over by the aliens and everyone else like is in a musical like the nice. aliens make you act like you're in a musical oh my god and do dance theater numbers. kids yeah fucking theater kids so like it's actually kind of horrifying when like a character that previously hasn't burst into song. Oh, wow. Because you're like, oh, shit, they've been taken over. That's really fun. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Cool. But I guess that's a recommendation. But my actual recommendation – oh, there was also the um, the book I mentioned earlier is called The Girl with All the Gifts, mm-hmm. uh, written by uh, M.R. Carey. But it's basically – it's a zombie story. <gasps> I love zombie. But the zombies are like um, – you know that parasite that takes over ants and makes yeah, them yeah. do weird shit? It's yeah. that. The mushroom? Yeah. But yeah, basically like the protagonist is like a girl who, like a young girl who is one of these zombies but is different somehow, mm. question mark. So that's quite good. But yes, my actual original recommendation mm-hmm. for this podcast is um, a book called Peeps by Scott Westerfield. Mm. And it's technically a vampire book. But it's also an apocalypse giant monster book. Fuck yes. It's also a parasite book. Nice. In that basically the world building is that vampires are people infected with a parasite and the reason that they exist is Mm. to fight the giant worms that occasionally rise up from under the earth and try to kill humanity. So Beetlejuice? No. (laughs) That's really Um, fucking cool. And they also fight these worms with rock music. This is a book, right? <laughs> this is a book. I feel like this should be a TV show. It should be. It's just, it's really fun and it's really good world building. And also, like, the main character has, like, a special interest in parasites. Nice. So you just get, like, fun parasite information Excellent. throughout the book. Love it. So it's really good. I do like a lot of Scott Westerfield stuff. Excellent. Mm. That's a lot of recommendations this week. Yes, it did turn out to be three. <laughs> um <laughs> All right, well, thank you for letting me ramble about musical theatre. Uh, I enjoyed this one. You did? Yes. I've never enjoyed your stuff before. <laughs> Rude. Rude and inconsiderate. Rude, um, it's a lie. I have enjoyed your other shows. Aha! Uh-huh. A confession. A confession. It's a deathbed concession. <laughs> and then I come back as a vampire zombie with rock music. Hooray! Let me pull up my guitar. I'll start serenading you. No, I'm the musical theatre one. Oh, wait, are you fighting me? Oh, wait, no. <laughs> am I the giant worm or am I the rock vampire? What does your heart say? <laughs> hmm. You are the one that plays guitar. I am the one that plays guitar. I think you're going to have to be the rock vampire. I'm the rock vampire. I'm the giant worm who wants Excellent. to eat humans. That tracks. Hmm. It all makes sense. It all makes sense. <laughs> all right. This has been Little Shop of Horrors. Thank you for listening to Popcorn Fort. Hooray. 
We hope you enjoyed this episode of Popcorn Fort. If you have any movie recs, hilarious anecdotes, or you just want to chat, hit us up on Twitter at Popcorn Fort or send us an email at popcornfort at gmail.com. Our logo is by the talented Horberries, whose other work you can find on Twitter at Horberries underscore. If you'd like to support us, please rate and review us on iTunes or just tell a friend. Tune in next week for more nonsense.